you got your Bibles, I'm just going to share a couple of scriptures that summarize really the messages we've heard all week long. So turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's look at verses 8 through 10 today. And we're going to wrap up our final session at Kids Camp. Thank you, those of you who are standing already. But let's stand in honor of reading God's Word. And again, we'll wrap up. This is our final session at Kids Camp. Everybody gets to be a part of it. It's open house at Kids Camp as we close it out. We've already had a great time celebrating we will probably spare you of some of the um, icebreaker games um, because we don't want to hurt anybody or make a mess down front here. But uh, we will get into the Word of God. So you found your place now. Ephesians 2, starting with verse 8. For by grace you are saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are His creation or workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. Father, we do thank you for Jesus. We thank you for these kids. We thank you for those who volunteered and worked so hard this week, so many in so many different ways. We thank you for Count Maranatha and their staff and all that it provided for us this week. And uh, Lord, for the way you worked powerfully in our midst and decisions that were made, pray that you would drive that home today and the days and months ahead. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Well, I could break down this passage probably with quotes and thoughts from each one of our speakers. I remember as we got the week started with middle school camp, Pastor Ben was speaking to us about what faith is all about. It says here, for by grace are you saved through faith. Grace means we can't earn it. We don't deserve it. The kids were learning, the middle school kids from the very beginning, that we're not saved, nor was Abraham saved, because we can somehow figure out a way to be good enough. We're saved by grace. Grace is unmerited favor. God giving us what we don't deserve through faith, belief, trust in God. Abraham believed God and it was accredited to him as righteousness. He demonstrated that faith as those middle school students learn when Isaac was going to be offered up and yet God provided a ram. God provided a sacrifice. So one of the first summits we talked about was when they made their way up to that summit where he would have to at Mount Moriah there sacrifice his son and yet God provided a sacrifice and then he took us uh, later that evening to show us how Jesus was that sacrifice and we begin to see kids make decisions and put their faith and trust in Christ as they understood saved by grace through faith and how Abraham had pictured that for us. Boy, on Wednesday, what a powerful day when Rick Gage was there. And uh, in the morning, he did a lot of equipping. And we were just fortunate. He, Rick Gage, if you don't know who Rick Gage is, some of you might remember about 30 years ago. I'm going way back in time now, but in Madison County, we had the Bailey Smith Crusades. And his youth specialties guy, his youth evangelist that traveled with Bailey Smith was a young man by the name of Rick Gage. Rick would have been in his late 20s then. I remember that uh, uh, Scott Smith, who was a member here at Trinity, got to do uh, an internship with them over the summer and travel with Rick and speak in schools and do all kinds of things. And, and so Rick is still, do, after all these years, he's still equipping young people to share their faith. He's still going into schools, still doing crusades. And he came and gave us a day on Wednesday. And we were just, man, he equipped us to share our faith. But then he made sure on Wednesday night that these students understood that they were saved by he, he, he explained that they couldn't give away something they didn't have and he drove home the gospel and we saw dozens of decisions many of those first time 
Decisions for Christ on Wednesday night. And so God is going to continue to water and nourish those seeds that were planted. And parents, I'm going to tell you how you can help us out with that process. Of course, with Kids Camp, Pastor Ben challenged us. Tommy Johns, some of you might remember, he came uh, probably almost a decade ago and, and shared with us. And boy, he he just spent a lot of time explaining some things to these kids. He, he wowed them with some of the things that, that he did with illusions and things like that. But he always came right back to building a gospel foundation in their lives. Wrap that up. We, again, we saw lots of children just being sensitive to the Spirit of God, paying attention, responding to what God was doing. And uh, so we, great week. Of, of digging into this, these verses, really, and all of the other scriptures summarized by reminding kids we're saved by grace through faith. That's not ourselves, God's gift, not by works, lest any man should boast. Now, some of you might hear a verse like that and say, boy, Baptists really like to emphasize that, or, or a lot of evangelical Christians really like to emphasize that salvation by grace through faith. But what if we use grace as a license? What if we look at grace and we were to say, well, I'm saved by grace, so now that I'm saved by grace, I might as well go back to that old life of sin. You know, Romans 6 says, God forbid, how can we that are dead to sin keep on living in it? If we truly understand the grace of God, if we truly understand what it meant for Jesus Christ to give his life for us on the cross and for us to put our faith and trust in him, grace will not be a license. It will be the power of God unto not only the salvation, but to a transformed life that would cause us to live differently. And so that's why in Ephesians here, Paul goes on to say, now we are his workmanship. So these kids learned this week what it meant to be God's creation and God's workmanship. They learned that sometimes we have to be patient in that process that God is working. Remember, children, the illustration of the coal to diamonds, and it took time, and it took pressure, and, and over time, God turns that coal into a diamond when it's got the pressure and it's got the time and all of this. So we learn God's working on us. Now, I was thinking, some of you are too, I was thinking of an old country song. I'm just an old chunk of coal, but I'm going to be a diamond someday. Uh, but these kids saw that portrayed visually. We're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. So grace isn't license to sin. Grace is power for God to transform us to become more like Jesus, being his workmanship. So these kids learned that they don't have to wait till they're our age before they serve the Lord. They're serving the Lord today. Here at Trinity, we have tried to make one thing clear. Not just saying that, boy, you got to love kids. The kids are the church of tomorrow. They're not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. And so we want them to serve the Lord and love and, and lead others, lead their friends to Christ. And so this week, both of our guest speakers who came in talked to them about sharing Jesus with their friends. And so parents, we want you to help us with that as well. Let me say this and just kind of wrap some things up here. You might be asking, why did you call it the summit with middle school camp? And why was it Summit Ranch? with the kids' camp, with the children's camp. Well, it's because last fall, some of you remember, we, we launched the seven summits here at Trinity. The ages of those who came to kids' camp 
were in the categories of those first four of seven summits. And so I just want to kind of remind you as parents what those seven summits are. Well, the first four anyway, we'll cover this morning. First of all, we talked about a provision summit. It's our goal as a church to help you as a family provide the environment for your children to come to know Jesus Christ, to grow, to love Him, to have a desire to serve Him all the days of their life. That starts with the environment that you provide. And as a church, an environment we provide, we do things like camp, not just to say, well, you know, one of the cool things you can do with kids is keep them busy so you can keep them out of trouble. I hear that all the time. Keep them busy, keep them out of trouble. Keep them busy, keep them out of trouble. That's great, but you can be busy doing a lot of things that won't be worth the hill of beans for the kingdom of God one day. We want to be providing an environment. So kids camp was not just to keep them busy, give them something fun to do this summer, but it was to provide an environment for them to best come to know, love, and serve Jesus Christ. But we want to help your home to be that. We want every ministry in the church to help do that. During those early years, especially the preschool years, it's so important that you get that down, that you're going to provide that environment. Next Sunday, we're going to have what we call part of the celebration of that summit when we have a time of parent-child dedication. And so that's a parent-child dedication is saying we're committing ourselves as a family, extended family in a church to provide that environment. The second summit is what we call the presentation summit. We move from provision, provide the environment, to presentation because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, and these kids need to be presented the gospel of Jesus Christ. They need to be presented opportunity to respond to the gospel. And we've discovered that from about age first grade through uh, fourth grade, that's when the mind is getting to that place and the heart is getting to that place where they understand things like remorse for sin. You know, over there in toddler town, they, we know what sin is if we hang out over there, but we may not know what remorse for sin is. But boy, they get to about kindergarten, first grade, and then through those elementary years, a lot of these kids campers, they were where they could receive a presentation of the gospel because they understand what sin is. They understand what love is, that Jesus Christ died for them on the cross, that he took their place, that he rose again. Some of you are saying, well, I really don't think elementary school kids can understand all that. Keep in mind that Jesus did not tell children to come as adults. He told adults to come as children. And so it's that childlike faith where they're understanding the gospel. And so we wanted to talk about things like faith and repentance and trusting in Jesus Christ and allowing Him to come and be your Lord, be your boss, be your King. And so we drove home that presentation of the gospel. It was the Word of God and the Spirit of God that was doing the work. But we created, we provided that environment, then we presented the gospel. And we want to ask you as parents, as families, to help again continue that process. The third summit is what we call the preparation summit. Now we continue to provide and present with the middle school kids. But then some of these kids, some of the older ones in children's camp, some of the younger ones in middle school camp are in that transitional season where they're kind of like, I don't know if I'm a youth, I don't know if I'm a kid, I don't know what I am. That's a tough season, especially those fifth and sixth grade years. We call that preparation summit. They're facing new temptations. You know, it's been a blessing the past couple of years, Pastor Ben, to have two camps. Now, I know it's hard work for you, and I know it's hard work for a lot of our students. 
But quite honestly, with um, some of these 6th graders and 7th graders, 8th graders, we've been able to talk about some things that we weren't able to talk about at kids' camp and to challenge them in areas of, of, of their uh, walk with Christ and what it means to, to stand up for Christ and maybe a little bit more hostile environment when you get into those middle school years. And so two camps really helped us do that, especially focus on the things concerning the preparation preparing for adolescence and all of those things that come the way of middle schoolers. And then the next summit that we, we try to really get before our 7th and 8th graders is what we would call the Purity Summit. The Purity Summit. How to live a consecrated life, set apart. And so the Spirit of God, even in a context where we were at kids camp, the Holy Spirit was convicting some of these middle schoolers of some things that don't need to be in their lives. And they were coming to the altar and confessing sins to Christ and they were going to their counselors and saying hold me accountable I don't want to continue to allow this sin into my life and so that that purity summit became a big part of our middle school camp And, and so we tried to drive some basic principles home but here's where I'm asking you to help us out parents with all of this I couldn't help the other day we were having a conversation at a table and and I was kind of thinking out loud. And Pastor Ben said, man, I think you need to share that with the church. <laughs> and so I'm going to share it with you right quick. In Matthew chapter 13, there's a parable. I'm not going to read the parable. I'll summarize it right quick. It's called the parable of the soils. And in the parable of the soils, Jesus talks about how the seed that the farmer spread along as he scattered seed, as he went about, some of the seed fell upon a path. And of course the birds came and they, they got the seed after just a little bit of time and, and nothing was ever able to grow up out of that seed. And it said some of the seed fell among some rocky soil. Literally it was a description of where the soil is shallow and there's a layer of rock underneath. And because the soil was so shallow, the seed was never really able to take root and grow. And then he describes another soil that that he referred to as thorns. And so the thorns, the cares of this world, kind of choked it out, and the seed was not able to grow. And, and then finally, he talked about the good soil, that where, where good tillage had taken place, and it was going to be nourished and, and, and watered, and, and so this seed took root, and it, and it grew, and then it, it produced in its life a great harvest. And so, as I was... In this thinking out loud moment, I said, you know, we rely heavily as farmers, those who plant seed, and by the way, we planted seed this week. I had an opportunity to plant some seeds. Pastor Ben had a lot of opportunity to plant seeds, the seed being the Word of God. Our guests came in and did a dynamite job of planting seeds. But what kind of soil did that seed land on? See, it will probably not be up to me. It will not be up to Pastor Ben. It will not be up to Rick Gage. It will not be up to Tommy Johns to do most of the tillage there. We can do some. But if somebody's at, even if they're a very active church member, if they're at Life Group and worship on Sunday and then back on Wednesday night, they're three hours under Bible teaching here at Trinity. That's great. That's wonderful. But they're probably five hours in algebra. <laughs> there are more time at school under one subject than they would be under the Word of God at the time they're at church. And so if there's going to be good soil, it's going to be up to you parents. 
It's going to be up to grandparents to create the kind of soil in your home so when the seed is planted, and I know that it was good seed because it was the Word of God, it was the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I know we had some hardworking farmers out there planting that seed. But in all of our ministry, from kids' camp to Awana ministry to our life groups, everything that we do here, we need parents and grandparents who will say, we're going to be cultivating good soil in the life of our children. Because I don't want them to leave kids camp where good seed was planted and it just happened to fall upon a path because the birds are going to come devour it. That it just that it felt upon shallow soil because as parents, you'll let them go to kids camp, but you're not going to bring them back to church the next week or the next or the next. They're not going to be in a small group. They're not going to be in a wana. They're not going to be learning things continually. Or in your home, the Bible's not going to be uplifted. So it's just going to be very shallow and the seed's not going to take root and grow. Or maybe the cares of this world you're going to get, as a family, so involved in so many other things than the Word of God and knowing the God of the Word that the thorns of this life, the pressures and the stresses, and, and, and we're busier. Last Sunday I preached on distractions. We're busier than ever before. And so, yeah, good seed was planted, but those things come in and choke it up. I'm calling us to a commitment today as a church. I'm calling every family under the sound of my voice to a commitment to say we're going to cultivate good soil so that when this good seed of the Word of God falls on the hearts of our young people, that it's cultivated. So you can throw cold water on what God did in their life this week, or you can, you can throw gas on that fire and see it just continue to grow and blaze. You've got to help us cultivate good soil in your home, your commitments, your priorities. Don't let it be shallow. Don't let it be so distracted by the cares of and being so busy doing so many other things that have so little to do with eternity that the seed gets choked up. I'm asking you to join us in that commitment. You know, the, the presentation summit is so vital that people have an opportunity to hear and respond to the gospel. This morning, as Pastor Ben and our three that are going to be baptized come at this time, they're going to preach a louder sermon than I can preach because they're going to preach the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They, these are young people said, man, we're ready now. We've trusted Christ. Pastor Ben's been able to communicate with them and their parents. They said, we're ready to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. And so I want you to see, kind of as a concluding illustration to this message, what it means for children to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm ready to let the world know what Christ has done in my life. I'll make a couple of more concluding remarks, but we're going to turn it over to Pastor Ben at this time and let him baptism. Now bear with me this morning. This is special. <clears throat> this young man's a friend of mine not just this week I've known him now uh, been many years mom um, had the opportunity to get to know he and his family through our Madison County Rec Department soccer he was, he's been on my team a good many seasons and I've just grown to love him and his heart and I thank God for the fact that he wants to make his profession of faith public today through believer's baptism. This is Robert Pemberton. 
Robert, if you want to turn and look, if you're a family or a friend or somebody that wants to encourage Robert, maybe you were in his cabin, maybe you were with his counselor, he just wants to see that you're here, and I know as a church and as family and friends, we'll be praying for him as he begins this faith journey of walking with Jesus. Robert, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? All right, praise the Lord. In obedience to our Lord and Savior, and upon your profession of faith, I baptize you, Robert Pemberton, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. got Dalton here. He was one of our middle school campers, and he is connected to our church through Corey and Misty. This is Miss Misty's nephew, and we're so proud of Dalton, who's been kind of chatting this week with his family about him coming today to be baptized, and had the opportunity to counsel with him after one of our services with Rick. So we're proud of him and this decision that he's made. Dalton, if you would, just look out across the congregation here. If you're a family member, friend, maybe you're in his cabin, maybe you know him from here at church, you say, Dalton, I love you, I want to pray for you. Just waving hands all over. Dalton, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Praise the Lord. In obedience to our Lord and Savior, on your profession of faith, I baptize you, Dalton Lowe, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. This young lady right here is something interesting that her mom told me this morning that's so special about today. Just sit right there. Very good. Very good. My dad baptized your mother. And he's here today to witness this too with your family. And so here today we're here to baptize Ava Carpenter. She has been a part of our kids' camp a couple of years. She's friends with, I know, Maya Berryman. They were just like this all week. And so I'm excited about what God has done in her life. She told Miss Misty to tell her mama that she's getting baptized today. So I love it that she wanted to make that public for all of us and before God. If you're a family member, I know mom and dad and grandmother and grandfather are sitting here, or friend, family member, that would like to encourage Ava. Ava, would you just look out there? They're going to wave at you. Wave at mom and dad back here. This is wonderful. Wonderful. I want to ask you a question. Ava, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes, sir. Amen. Praise the Lord. Jesus right there. There you go, Jesus. Very good. In obedience to our Lord and Savior, and upon your profession of faith, I baptize you, Ava Carpenter, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. (laughs) 
We've treaded the waters of baptism, and yet there's still room for more. What I love about today is God knew they would already have a change of clothes packed. And you know, I love what John says, Pastor Robbie. It says in chapter 3, as Jesus was going through Judea, and John also, the Baptist, was baptizing, it said there that there was plenty of water for those to be baptized. <laughs> Amen. Today, I thank God for this water. Amen. There's room for more, so this morning I'm going to ask you to stand with me. We're going to sing a song of invitation. Father, we give this time, we give this response to you. Help us to be sensitive and obedient to the Holy Spirit just as these kids were all week long. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.